This episode is brought to you by the Copywriter Accelerator, the 12-week program for copywriters who want to learn the business skills they need to succeed. Learn more at thecopywriteraccelerator.com. What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes, and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Kira and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join the club for episode 185 as we chat with health supplement copywriter Darren Hanser about writing for wellness and info products, how he commands high fees for the work he does, what he's done to grow his business, and what it's like to be Seth Rogen's doppelganger. Welcome, Darren. Hey, Darren. Had to throw that in there, right? <laughs> you, you gave that piece of information to me. <laughs> That's probably where we should start. Yeah, I, exactly. Um, so, Darren, we met you uh, in Las Vegas not too long ago. Uh, so we're fast friends. And um, and then we saw you again a couple weeks later at TCC in real life before the world shut down. So um, today I'm excited to just dig more into your story and what you've done to grow. So why don't we kick it off with how you became a copywriter? What's your story? What's your story? That's It's funny because that's the question I ask people and it gets them talking. Um, but when people ask me that, I kind of stumble sometimes. Um, it gets you talking. It's gonna it gets get me talking. talking so when I guess it all, I mean, the, the the earliest I remember, I was always kind of in kind of a sales mentality just in my own mind. Um, even as a as a young child, I was always kind of trying to persuade my parents to do things. And I would I would come up with these arguments and I would come up with these like very logical and emotional appeals to them. Um, I'd come into their bedroom at night and kind of sit on the, on the on the foot of their bed. And they kind of knew that this was the start of a pitch. Um, but they kind of, you know, they they humored me and they allowed me to kind of go through this. And that got, that kind of grew over time where I was just I enjoyed the art of kind of, of, of change, not changing someone's mind, but helping them kind of to the place where I know that the best result is going to be. I kind of became uh, enthralled with that kind of idea. Um, and I, and I got started in the marketing um, space kind of on the side. I was in, a, I was in the financial services industry and there was a, there was a company that was kind of ahead of the game. They were doing a lot of, of, direct response marketing style work for our local um, insurance agents. So they would help them come up with um, presentations, unique ideas to present to their customers, really help them differentiate themselves in their local market when kind of everyone else is doing the same thing. And I learned how to find really unique ideas in kind of mundane, everyday uh products, right? And I, I was just, I loved doing that. And eventually it got to the point where I didn't really know um, how to excel in that specific career. So I was kind of looking at ways to make some money on the side, start my own thing. I always had this kind of entrepreneurial um, outlet or that I wanted to have in my life. And I found online just ways to make money. And that's that's ultimately how I found copywriting is I started looking for ways to make money on the internet. I wanted to um, do it in a way where I didn't have to talk to people all the time. I didn't have to be face-to-face -face in you know, all these situations, getting customers, I wanted a way to make money on the side where I didn't have to work a lot. And that was kind of the, the appeal that got me into this 
um, universe. And the one thing that I, I started learning was the way I was being taught how to make money online was to learn copywriting. It was to learn how to build an email list. It was to learn how to um, speak to my customer. It was to learn how to find an offer that resonates with that customer's problems and um, find a way to uh, communicate to them. So that that's what I was learning. And it, it was just wrapped up in how to make money on the internet. But ultimately, it was how do you start a business that is driven by direct response copywriting. And so once I started learning that, I got connected with people in that kind of industry. And one of the offers that I was promoting as an affiliate saw that saw what I was doing. And they said, why don't we give you a shot? You're actually pretty good. Um, you're getting good results. Why don't you run a promotion for us over the weekend? So it was a live event. Um, so let's say it was a you know, an event like yours, where there's a few hundred people in the room at this at this time, I think there was around a 1000 people in the room. And they were doing a live stream tickets. And they said, take over our email list, um, do what you want to do. Um, and then by the end of the weekend, we'll see what kind of results we get. And if you reach a certain level, we'll give you a bonus. And if not, you know, then there's no there's no fee. And it was kind of a do or die situation. And um, at the time, I kind of needed the money. <laughs> I didn't really have the money to be at that event. And I stayed up the whole weekend. Um, so over 72 hours, I, I ran their email list. And I think we did $98,000 in sales over that 72-hour period. Um, so so that kind of um, showed me that I could get results when I was under pressure. But it also showed someone else that um, I could get results for someone else, not just myself. And and that proved to me that there was something to this um, skill that I was learning that was highly valuable to other people, not just like myself earning a few thousand dollars a month um, as like a kind of an affiliate. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then it just grew from there. Got And then, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my start. I like it. So uh, as you started talking, you mentioned that you were really good at finding ideas. I wonder if you'd talk a little bit more about that. Like, is there a practice or something that you were doing that um, makes you particularly good at coming up with good ideas? Yeah. So for example, um, I think the, the main thing that I, I left out is when I was a kid, I would, I would watch infomercials, right? <laughs> so I would, like at night I would come home and you know, when everyone was turning on like law and order or whatever they were watching, I was turning on infomercials and trying to like, that's what I would watch late at night. And what I found in those infomercials, which I, I know now was very specific and, and, and on point and on purpose was that they were coming up with very, um, cool names for very normal things, right? So they had like OxyClean and um, things like that, where the oxygen like was the mechanism that was being used. And I saw this happening. And then um, it was intriguing to me because I thought like, this is exactly the same as everything else. But this one has, you know, some special, you know, supportive ingredient. And then when I got in the financial service industry, the same thing kind of happened was they were, we were talking about, let's say things called, uh, we had this strategy, it was called the yield enhancement strategy. And all it was, was it would help people um, pass money to their children without paying taxes. And it would help them um, earn a better yield than they would if they just put it in the, in a bond market or in some guaranteed investment. So it was, it was a very boring um, concept. But the way that it was packaged was that it was super unique. It was made just for them. And it had a, a very specific application in their life. And so their answer to that was, of course, I'm going to use this strategy because it is made just for me. And I started to see this. And then so once I started actually doing marketing, um, the the first time that I actually saw this was when I, I, I did a little bit of work with Ryan Levesque 
um, back when he was launching his ask book, like the way, like the first time that he was launching his ask book. And I remember what, what he used to do in, in his emails and all of his um, copy, he would always try to isolate the real reason why someone was having a problem. And I can hear, I can hear it in my mind and I can even see it when, because he would review my emails and he would you know say, this is how we need to structure things. And every time it was basically showing people what the situation is, then uncovering the underlying reason why something is happening to them, and then providing a solution that fixes that underlying reason. And that logic chain was so clear from the way that he explained it to me that every single thing I did afterwards included that type of you know mechanism flow. And that's the exact thing that is taught in all the direct response books from years and years ago that I never even read, but it was kind of just through osmosis, through watching people apply it in real life that I learned how to do it myself. And I think it just takes time, effort, um, a lot of research, understanding your customer, understanding their problems, and just being aware of what's happening and what's actually being um, offered in the market as well, right? Because it all just has to do with how can you position yourself a little bit different, a little bit better, a little bit newer, um, with a little bit more sparkle, you know, than something else, um, and and have a very specific reason why it's going to work for someone. And and I think if you can do that, the the ideas kind of come, they come through that. They don't just pop out. They just come. They come through identifying all of those other elements. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. So I'm wondering if you could give us an example from like a typical client that you work with uh, and show how the, you're doing that for them. Um, maybe it's maybe maybe you make it up uh, that it's not a, a client, but um, how you're putting that to use in your work today. Uh, for sure. So for example, um, so I do a lot of work in the health supplement space. So I'm writing sales pages, VSLs. Um, some sort, sort, sometimes shorter e-commerce style pages, um, depending on what the client needs. Um, but for example, um, one that I'm working on right now, and I've done a number of different projects for them is a probiotic that is very unique in the way that it is delivered. Right. But the market for probiotics is so saturated right now that if you tell someone, Hey, are you taking probiotics? Someone, everyone knows what that means, right? They're like, Oh yeah, I've, you know, I heard about it or I give my kids it or yeah, I take it and it helps my digestion. Like everyone kind of is aware of, of what's going on. Um, but what they might not be aware of is that there's a ton of issues with, you know, the retail market and how the supply chain works and, and the actual, um, everything that goes into making this product, what it is and making sure that it does what it says it does. So our client has a very unique product. Um, and how it's delivered is that it basically acts kind of like a Trojan horse where it goes to sleep in the bottle. And then when you take it, it, kind of bypasses your whole digestive tract with all the acids. And then when it reaches um, the intestine where it needs to be, it kind of comes alive and populates your gut. So it has this very unique way of working. Um, that I didn't create that. But what we, what we did do is talk about the actual benefits of that and, and, and the problem that it fixes. Because underneath the, the benefit of the actual product is the problem that it's, it's fixing very directly. So Everyone in that space talks a lot about leaky gut. They talk that it's it's everywhere on the news. It's kind of the the main thing that they're talking about in the gut health space. And so everyone talks about it. There's advertisements that specifically speak about leaky gut and how to solve it. So what we did in their promotion is we actually renamed the process that leaky gut causes. So instead of calling it leaky gut, we said this is what happens when you know leaky gut occurs. There's 
there's a, a release of this toxin that goes into your bloodstream. And when this happens, you get inflammation. And this, so there's a whole process. So we actually called it toxic streaming. And we said, this is what's actually happening in your body. And toxic streaming occurs when this, you know, one, two, three process happens. These are the results of that. But the only thing that you can do to fix that is use a probiotic that can actually be proven to combat this specific process. And that's exactly what we did. So we kind of isolated the problem and then we created a link directly to the solution. So that that link is what I guess the that's what you're wanting to look for is, is a direct link that says this is the problem. Here's why you're having it. And here's the solution. And here's why the solution works better than anything else out there. Yeah. And I love how you named the problem too. You actually created that name. Um, okay. So I want to jump Darren back into your storyline. Uh, so you mentioned the weekend where you had 72 hours, you made 98 K for your client on this event offer. What, what do you do after that to start lining up your first few clients? What did that look like? I mean, you had the confidence, you knew you could do this for this particular client. What do you do next? Well, the I think this is a mistake that a lot of people make. A lot of people try to find the other the next client when a lot of the benefit is already in that existing relationship. So what I what I did was we created a relationship where I was on a retainer um, to write all their emails. And I would do so it started off where I would just do all their emails. And they said, you're really good. You, know, you get results, you understand our brand, our voice, you're kind of in our community, you get it. You know, so so just take over our our list. So this is what we do. They sent daily emails, they sent offers and things like that. So I just managed their list and sent daily emails. Um, and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, now we're going to be coming in with new offers. Can you help edit this sales page or can you write a promotion for this offer and things like that? And then eventually that was my kind of main retainer. But on top of that, I was always kind of just talking to people and working on other projects and things like this on the side. And eventually it turned into a thing where um, the person that hired me for that retainer actually made the recommendation for me to move into the supplement side. All right. So that, it's, a, it's an interesting story. This is a very long story, but it basically fast tracked my entrance into writing for health supplements. So if that situation didn't occur, um, I wouldn't really be here today. Um, but I think all we did was I went back to them and said, look, let's set up an arrangement where we can do this over and over again. And I think a lot of people miss that opportunity where you get a result and you have a great opportunity, you have a great project with a client. And then it's like, okay, next, uh, it's great talking to you. And thanks for paying your invoice on time. And I'm on to the next, next thing. But the reality is they have many more needs. And if you can kind of like, un like unlayer those needs and show what kind of value you can bring, I don't, you don't really need to be hunting for clients all the time because you're, you're, you're almost like, fortifying the, the the relationships you have by getting them more results. And that just solidifies your kind of career. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it is, is, is once I get a, a result for a client, I kind of, I kind of try, try to double down and go deeper. I love that you're saying that because this is something that we've actually been talking about quite a bit, you know, with the economic hardships that are going on right now and people struggling to find new clients that one of the best places to actually find work right now is to go back to clients that you've had success with and pitch them something else, some other problem that you can solve. So uh, I, I really like that you're emphasizing that as a way that you actually grew your own business because it worked then. And it's one of the things that I think is still working now, even with everything else going on. Yeah. And, and I think it, it also helps because clients don't really want to retrain someone 
or have someone go through that learning phase again on their dime, right? So if they can know that you can start a project almost on like second base and you don't have to go through the warm up and figuring out everything about them, you're, you're in immensely more valuable right away, right? So the fact that you just created a result for them or did a project with them immediately makes you more valuable than the next guy who has to relearn them again. So I think that's forgotten. And there's a lot of, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of marketing out there for marketers about like, hey, how do you fill your pipeline? And how do you, you know, do this? But the reality is your pipeline, once it's started, doesn't really need to be like a gushing waterfall, right? It needs to be like a, a steady flow of high quality, like curated relationships. Yeah, agreed. So as you were landing those first couple of clients and starting to work, what else did you do that really helped you uh, increase your skill set and, and grow your business? Uh, for me, I think it was initially I had my own offers. Um, so I think starting out at a time when I did by ma- emailing every day and kind of just going through that, um, just the <laughs> the process of learning as I went and documenting that journey and and s- people would see the growth. Um, uh, I think that that helped as well because at the time I was selling um, some email coaching and I was selling an email boot camp and there was there was a lot of focus around email at the time. So my main method of communication was directly through email. So I would demonstrate what I was teaching and then they would buy the course and learn how to do that. Right. So it was, it was a very natural progression there. Um, but I think the, the, the next phase of increasing my skills was I always hired coaches. So I always invested in programs, masterminds, courses, coaches, um, those kind of things that would help elevate my own skill level. Uh, so whether it's, um, very technical, um, coaches where they basically go through my copy line by line and, you know, rip it to shreds and I rewrite it. Um, or if it's, um, business coaching where, you know, people, uh, can help elevate that side of things. Um, I've always kind of looked for ways to, I guess, leapfrog in skill, I guess, leapfrog in relationship and leapfrog in different ways by like finding like, what is the best way to learn something? And then doing that instead of like wasting all my time on other stuff. Yeah. And where do you think we kind of mess that up? The whole knowing what to invest in and when to invest in it and getting the most out of that experience. I feel like that's a question we're asked often is just how do I know what I need next? Um, what's the right investment for me? And then there are also people who we've seen you know, and experienced ourselves where like you join everything or you overdo it and you invest in too many courses, too many programs, and you really don't get the most out of them. How do you, it sounds like you have figured it out. So how do you approach that? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I figured it out, but um, I, I, I try. Um, but um, I think it's finding people that have like the, not, not just are, are kind of like people that you want to be around, but, but p- people that have the result that you're looking for and they got it in the way that you, you know, are, are looking to achieve it in. Right. So my, the first coach that I, I hired for, um, for copywriting was a guy who, uh, so I had been asked to write a health supplement, um, sales letter. It was a long form sales letter. I'd never done it before at that level. Um, I'd done a few things here and there, but you know, now looking back, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so at that time I said, look, I'll do this for you, but I need help. 
Um, so I think a big, th- a big thing is kind of self-awareness is knowing, um, like what you're good at and what you're not and, and being like, okay with that and admitting it publicly, right. <laughs> at least to someone that can, that can guide you in the right way. So I said, look, I need, I need someone to help me with this. So there was a guy, um, Dan Ferrari who was running a coaching program. So he started, it was brand new and he, he had written a few controls for some big publishers, um, just did a brand new health, um, control that was like doing gangbusters. And I said, look, I'll write this promo for you, but you have to hire Dan to be my coach. And that's how it's going to work. Right. So I said, get me in there for three months, four months, whatever it is. Um, pay me the fee and, and I'll write this for you and I'll have him chief it. And I think that process fast tracked uh, my career because it was not only the ability to have my work reviewed by someone who knew what they were talking about and had been in my shoes and was actually in the market but it was but it was also the ability to have someone who was where I wanted to be see that I could do what the job right so it's it's now there's a copywriter who is in like the trenches and connected to all the clients that I want to work with now he's reviewing my copy and seeing the growth so there's a strategy to that as well is making sure that you're seen in the right environments while you're growing so that you can kind of like continue on like I think there, there there's I think there needs to be more strategy when it comes to how people choose the relationships they build but also like there has to be like that natural connection as well right so when there's that natural connection it's like okay this is a relationship like how can I build this relationship strategically not in like a an inauthentic way but in a way that values everyone's benefit uh, uh like what they bring and also allows them to elevate themselves so I think that that's what I, I learned how to do very quickly. So I hired him and and when he saw what I could do, he started referring me to clients. And that was probably like, that was the fastest um, trajectory that I've seen um, happen. So it was literally, I was writing my first supplement promo. Two months later, I had four um, under contract. So it was a very fast trajectory. And it was just a matter of um, being the right place at the right time, getting results. And then being good to work with as well, not being an idiot. I think that's a big one. <laughs> don't, don't be an idiot. Well, so many, yeah, so today. many good advice. So much good advice here. Don't be an idiot. Love it. Yes. Um, so catch us up on now. Where are you today, Darren? Like you're kind of sharing the journey. What does your business look like today? Do you have multiple retainer clients? Do you still have those offers you mentioned, the email coaching, email bootcamp? What does the business look like? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. When I saw that you were going to ask me that, it actually made me um, think about it <laughs> myself. <laughs> and it was, like, I don't know. I've got to figure that out. I was like, good question. Where are you? Um, yeah. So, so my, I guess my, my business kind of looks, it's a, it's a mix between um, writing copy and doing strategy. And so what I'll basically do a lot of the time is I, I, okay, look, the main, the main thing I'm doing right now is working with um, health and fitness and supplement companies doing mostly direct response video sales letters and full funnel. So doing their upsell flows, doing, you know, email um, creatives, advertorials, everything kind of at the front end of the funnel, as well as um, sometimes we'll do um, email uh, creatives for ongoing uh, promotions and things like that. Um, The that's kind of like on the copywriting side. I also have a coaching side where it, the coaching is more towards um, clients that 
aren't ready to hire someone yet to maybe do all the work. So I, I work with some clients that say that they want me to review their their lead generation flow. So I had a client that had um, a power drink, like an energy drink, and they did uh, a shipping model where they got they basically gave a giveaway on the internet and then they had an email flow that got people to have a free trial and have more, try more of their supplements and go into stores and things like that. So initially what we did was sit down and I reviewed everything in their funnel, right? And give them a report and a video. And that was kind of like the consulting that I did for them. And then they hired me to implement everything that I recommended, right? So, so that's the that's kind of how I do my consulting. It's, it's, it's usually always for clients that I have the potential to work with. Um, but it's kind of the, like, here's everything that you need to do. What I would, a few small changes, a few copy edits. Um, but if you really want to do everything, it's kind of the full, like, let us do it all for you. And then I have um, <laughs> the email profits bootcamp, which is another thing that was kind of, it was back from 2015. And uh, I brought it back this year because I realized that there's a lot of value there that I forgot about. Um, and I think a lot of people think if you have an older program that it's not relevant anymore, but if you're teaching people fundamentals, strategy principles, um, and things that they can apply in every area of their business or whatever they're doing in marketing, the date doesn't matter. That's why you can buy a, a book from 1970. That's still relevant today because it's, you know, it's based on fundamentals and principles. So I brought back my course. Um, and that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm reinventing a lot of things there. I'm getting more out there publicly. Uh, you know, I'm just having a good time. Awesome. Will you tell us a little bit about your writing process? You know, when a client comes to you, you sign the contract, what do you do to, you know, research? Uh, you know, how do you come up with the the big idea? What are you doing as you go through your process? That's a good question. Because if you asked me that like s six months ago, I would have said, well, I have like four Google documents with research and then I just start writing in the middle. <laughs> that's that's basically what my process was. Um, I would go through like, you know, tons of research and, and, and interviews and then I would just kind of, something would pop, right? And I would read something and it would be interesting to me and I would go down a rabbit hole and that's kind of how I would find ideas and I would see if there's any legs to it. Um, so that was kind of how I, I did my process before it worked, but it was very like haphazard. Um, last year, um, I started going through, uh, actually it wasn't last year, but yeah. So in Vegas, we met at Justin and Stefan's event. Um, and before that I was actually, I actually started to go through his process. So Stefan's got this process that, um, he uses to write long form sales letters, video sales letters. And I've actually started going through his process and it works because it's exactly what I would do, but it's organized. Um, so I've, I actually created like a re so I have a research process that I go through and I really try to find out every single thing I can about the, the customer and the market and what they're feeling. And I think, you know, from, I don't know if it's just a personal thing, but I, I feel emotions like very intensely. Um, and I'm very aware of like, I have like anxiety. So I kind of like, I'm hyper aware of the emotions of people around me um, and, and in other situations. So when I do that, um, I can actually like really dive deep into someone's emotions and how they feel. And then I, I kind of help guide the sales process through that. So I go through that research process. Then I figure out exactly what's in the product, the unique elements, and then write that process down and then, then go from there. But it's, 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 it's a, it's a strict but loose process, I guess I would say. 
Right. And uh, Stefan says it's his RMBC method, right? Yeah, exactly. RMBC. Yeah. So we talked about it on our interview with him, Stefan Georgi, which Rob probably knows the number of that episode. I wish I could remember the number, uh, but it was about uh, two months ago. It, was, uh, it came out in February. So um, you can look for it on the Copywriter Club. Yeah. For long, for long form, like... Um... For long form videos and and things like that 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 have a lot of elements to them, it's I find it's super important to be organized throughout. Um, but just organizing your argument and just knowing what you're going to say before um, is is super critical. So one thing I, I actually wanted to add in was one thing that I that I got from I think it was off of Dean Jackson's um, website, and it's something called the Naked Truth Letter, and it's basically like a personal letter from you to the customer and no one's going to see it. It has nothing to do with um, anything that's going to end up in your sales copy, but it helps to get that conversation started. And it really starts with like, Hey, you know, my name's Darren. And, and I think that you have, you know, that you want to lose 20 pounds. Right. And I think that you've tried all these things and, you know, so you kind of go through these, this conversation and it gets a lot of the, the stuff out. And then when you start writing, you have kind of a clear flow uh, that helped a lot um, to kind of get the writer's block out. Okay. All right. So because you mentioned anxiety, you know, that you channel emotions, um, I can relate. I know we've talked about this before, but that's your superpower, part of your superpower with writing. But how, how do you keep that in check? Because a lot of writers can relate to that. It's like they use it, they write great copy because they can channel emotions, but how do you control that superpower so that it doesn't control you because the anxiety can flare up during projects too, even as you're channeling those emotions. And then in general, it flares up. So how do you manage that? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question because I don't really know. So I manage it now with medication, with um, just being aware and being honest and, and upfront with with the fact that this is, this goes on. Um, I think, um, there's, there's a saying that like, you know, uh, things die in the light or they grow in the darkness, like things like that. Um, so if you have something that's dark, you know, and you keep it hidden and you don't share it with anybody, it grows and it festers and it becomes something that controls you. And if you share it with somebody and you let somebody know, then it shines a light on it. Right. And you actually can't, um, you can't hide from it. It's out there. And I think once it's out there, it loses its power in a way. Um, and a, a lot of times for me, um, taking just one st- step of action helps. So I went through a phase last year where um, this is before kind of I got everything sorted out. Um, and there was a few years there where I was very level and everything was fine. My business was going great. And then all of a sudden, um, early in the winter, it just like, it was almost like the darkness just hit. And I, and I was sitting at the kitchen table and I couldn't work. So I would sit there and I just couldn't work. I would, I, I had no words. I couldn't do research. I couldn't do anything. And so I closed my computer. I'd probably had a good 30 minutes a day of work uh, that I could get out. And then I was done. Like I was spent. And the only thing that really helped was just being completely transparent that that's what was going on and I needed help. And the second I did that, I started seeing the right people. Um, I started trying different things. And I'll tell you, I tried four months of 
natural methods, right? I'm in the alternative health niche. So literally like everything I write about is how medica- medication is bad, right? And you have to do everything naturally. So I literally created my own like anti-anxiety cocktail and I had a nightly routine and I did everything. And I think a lot of people try everything and they're not getting any results because like I went for a long time thinking that like you're not supposed to take medication because it's, you know, things are supposed to fi- fix yourself naturally and you can meditate and you can go work out and you can do all these kind of things. And I agree. There's a lot of situations where that's the case, but sometimes when you have like a, like a clinical um, issue, you know, medication works <laughs> like, it, it, and, and we're talking about mechanisms on this call. Like the reality is these scientists have created ultimate mechanisms that target specific things in your brain that fix minute issues that are causing these massive life transformation problems, right? And if they created that for this purpose, I'd be stupid not to try it. And so I did. And literally like the next day, I slept for the first night in four months. I'd wake up every night five times with panic attacks, um, thinking I was choking. And, you know, that that fixed it. I was able to get back to work. I was that was the next day I went to copy chief live, literally like I got on medication two days later, I was at a, at a copywriting event. Um, and it was the best, it was the best situation because it was around people that kind of get it. And, and, you know, I think our industry is, is very, um, it's a very, it's a very good platform for this type, type of thing because there's hope. Like I was in a place where I was actually looking for a job. Like I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to be able to be a copywriter anymore. Like it was that, that point. And, I even like got my resume together and I was like, I can't do this. This is, I, I'm not made for this. And then two seconds later, I had the best, like best month of my life because I got it fixed. Right. So there's, you know, I think there's a lot of shame around it. There's a lot of, um, but I don't, I don't know if it's valid shame because there's, there's no shame in someone saying they have cancer, right? Like it's not their fault. So if they're taking medication for that, let them take medication. So there's no, there's no shame in telling someone that you're, not in a good spot because chances are they might be in a not in a good spot either and they need you to tell them um i i can't tell you how many conversations i've had because of the openness and it and it's it's helped me it's helped a lot of people and and, and that's that's kind of just it's part of my story and i, I have to own it you know if it's going to help someone yeah i um I, I guess we could go really deep on some of those issues uh and at risk of spoiling what's been a really really good interview so far i'm going to change the subject just a little bit so sure. y- you've mentioned a couple of events that you've gone to um copy chief live and uh stefan and um justin's mastermind and even our event why do you invest in events and i guess you know masterminds other programs like what's the reason that you do that you've you've seemed to have reached a point in your business where things are going relatively well and maybe you don't really need the help. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts behind that. Well, I think you just answered it, but I think they're going well because of that. I don't think they're going well and I don't need it. I think that's going well like because that's how I am. <laughs> right. So I think that's the, I think that's the like that, you know, I didn't go to a lot of events before. I I kind of I didn't, you know, want to. Um you know, at a time I couldn't afford it. And I felt like, you know, whatever, but I, I almost felt like, I also felt like I was missing out, uh, because 
there were conversations ha- uh, happening inside of rooms that I should be in, right? My clients are in rooms. Other copywriters are in these rooms, uh, media buyers and different affiliates and, you know, people that own other publishing companies, like people that are in the industry are in these rooms. If you're not in the room having the conversation, you you kind of miss out on, a, there's a lot of like unspoken um, energy that you miss out on. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people now are, are like, oh yeah, we're going to do like these, you know, online, you know, summits and, you know, stuff like that. I don't know if you can replicate the, the bar. I don't know if you can replicate like the coffee break and just getting into a conversation with someone that ends up becoming a business partner. I, so I think, um, events are where like the real people show up. It's, it's, they show up as themselves. You get the, you get good information if you choose the events, right. And usually the events that have the best information cost the most, unfortunately, um, because that's just how it is. But, but, but that's the, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know the, uh, I was, I was in a, I was in the financial service industry before and we had a, a group called KLU. So this was like the, it was like the um, conference for advanced life underwriters, like the most boring conference ever. Right. Um, but it was where the top people all were right so everyone in that room had to reach a certain level of income everyone in that room had to have certain qualifications in order to be there everyone in that room also had to be sponsored by two other people that were in the room and that were that were long-term members so that by itself when you sat down at lunch you were already having conversations that were well above that anything that you're going to have online right because it's a curated group of people so i think um I don't think going to every event is great, but I think going to the right ones, being around the right people and doing it in a way that kind of is in con- is congruent with how you're running your business and the people that you want to be around. I think that's, I think it's a no brainer. Um, after, yeah, every coaching invest- investment I've made has paid off within 30 days. Um, Every event I've gone to has has paid itself off. Every mastermind I've joined has paid itself off. It, it's not it's not an it's not a cost. It's like it's literally a an ROI um, dri- driven uh, decision. So I think that a lot of people look at it like, oh, it's like masterminds. No, like it's actually like really good people building businesses that can help you, and you can help as well. Yeah, and virtual summits, virtual summits are great. And I'm glad that we're all maximizing the virtual space while we can't meet in person. But there is nothing like playing the game called Thumper, Thumper. late at night in Las Vegas with Kim Krause Schwalm, who right. taught us the game called Thumper, which I had never heard of. So we She taught us, all, we mastered it. We all have to play Thumper sometimes. <laughs> um so because we're talking about events, uh I kind of want to plug our own event while you're with us, Darren. What was your takeaway from TCC in real life? Like, was there something a speaker said that resonated or a conversation that triggered you to take action after the event? Uh, I, th- I think, I don't know if it was one conversation. There was a ton of conversation that was that were really fulfilling and it was a really great group of people. And I think that's what made it different. Whereas the the overall vibe rather than like one speaker, um, because like I, I'm, I come more from a, out of a, from a, like a direct response kind of space where there's super male driven, um, just in, it's just the way that it is, <laughs> you know, in the rooms you go into, it's mostly men. Um, and the energy is different. The content was different. Um, at your event, it was, it was 
different than I had seen at many of the events that I'd gone to, but it was actually super relevant to what I do. And I appreciated that because I, I, I think, um, what I got from it was, um, that everyone has a unique way to, um, offer their products and services. There's a market for everyone. Um, there's room for you. <laughs> like that's, that, that's kind of the message that I got, especially when, um, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of thought that like, oh, is there room for me to be an expert? Is there a room for me to be a great copywriter in this space, right? There's, you know, that person's like, they own that space. Is there room for me? Reality is there's room for you, right? Chances are most people that you come across don't even, aren't even aware that these other people exist. And that's what I learned is that like, we're all in our own little like echo chamber online. And then you go to an event where there's, I knew four people right out of that out of that whole event i think i knew like and two of them are you right <laughs> so i think i knew yeah. like, <laughs> like maybe maybe three or four people and i'm adding them as friends on facebook and we have no mutual friends and i'm like who are these people like where do they where are they and the reality is they're in their world and their world is just as great as mine and sometimes it's good to visit right so i think that's the um the thought that i had around that is like it's everyone's got something great um there's no reason why we can't like help each other and be a part of both. Like, I don't know. That's how I think. So Darren, uh, let's imagine that somebody's listening to our interview here and they're thinking, uh, it sounds awesome. The niche that you're in, I'd like to write for supplements. Uh, you know, what would you say to somebody who wants to break in or maybe switch niches from where they are now to writing more in the health and wellness space? Uh, are there things that they can be doing? Is there a way, uh, a secret back pass to break into the niche? I think I see one of the secrets is inc- like get good. Um, <laughs> and get your foot in somewhere, right? So for example, like there's a lot of offers, like if, even if you go on like the top 10 ClickBank offers, you know, that are selling supplements or some sort of fitness program, you know, and if you contact the owner and say, Hey, you know, what are you doing for email creatives? What are you doing for advertorials? You know, are you, do you need any new intros to your videos and write something that shows that you kind of get the industry, you understand, um, you know, what their, what their needs are. And a lot of times it's also about just asking other people, right? So, um, for example, I just hired uh, someone to do some emails for me that hasn't done anything in supplements before, but understands the sales process and understands like everything that we've, we've been talking about here. So that doesn't, doesn't mean that they're not going to have a chance. So I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I was given a chance, right? And I think, so <laughs> That's, that's, it's, it's funny. Like a lot of people have like, like three steps, you know, you find a person, write a, write a email for them, you know, pitch them, all this kind of stuff. I just, I don't even know. I just, I just figured out where I needed to be, um, and went there. <laughs> like, I, so that, that's kind of, I don't know. Like, I, I, that's why I don't put out like prospecting courses. Cause I don't really, um, have a specific way, but I think look at the relationships you have and see where there's connections with people that you might um, want to meet, right? If there's groups that have a thousand health copywriters, meet a few, right? Ask them, talk about, you know, what, what, what's possible, see if they have any extra work. Um, you know, I've, I've uh, subcontracted work sometimes. I've taken brand new people and given them some opportunity because that's what was done for me, right? So that's always there. Um, but it's, it's a matter of like, just if you want something, just figure out who is doing it 
and just go be around them. Like, I think it comes natural to some people, but other people, it's like super introverted, don't really want to reach out or, or make people upset. But the reality is like people are starving for really for good, hungry copywriters. And if you have like I, I heard on um, I forget whose podcast it was, I think I think Paris Lampropolis said it once or someone said it. it was like there's three keys to being a good copywriter is one is like be really good and get good results. The other one is, you know, don't miss deadlines and the other one is be good to work with like don't be an asshole and you know if you can have two of the three you're you can pretty much write your own paycheck right um but just make sure that you can get results like that's like that's the main thing like find a way to get results for people um and then piggyback on those results that's the easiest thing you can do like get a result pitch the result okay i just have a quick follow-up to that and then another question but we talk to newer copywriters all the time who want to get into, you know, DR or maybe even like health supplements. And they do want to reach out to more experienced writers like you, but they don't know the right approach. So you probably have been approached by others and you've definitely built solid relationships. What is the recommendation you would make? I mean, it doesn't have to be a formula, but like, what are some things that they do right and they do wrong that might get your attention or rub you the wrong way? Um, I think this is just me. I don't like clever. Um, so when someone reaches out to me and they're like super clever, um, and I have to like figure out what we're talking about, I don't really like that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I don't want to work harder just to figure out like what this is all about. Um, so really it's just, just be cool. Just approach someone and say like, Hey, you know, I am looking to get into health supplements. I would love to help you out if you have, you know, some work that you need. Um, I'd love to, you know, see what we can do. Like, or you say, what kind of problems is this guy having right now? Like, or, or a girl, like, what is the problem that this copywriter is having or this offer owner or what's going on in their business that I can maybe bring a little bit of value. Right. So I think the, the, the error is a lot of people like send a message. They're like, Hey, I looked at your website and here's like eight, 80 things that are wrong with it and <laughs> and why you're never going to get business right when that website is literally like the best converting website on the on the internet right so um i think that's a big error is like going a little bit too coming in a little bit too strong but sometimes just like hey like what's what are you struggling with like what's going on and just being like a, a, a resource for someone i think there's a there's a lack of people that are just willing to be good resources and everyone's just trying to pitch and and like be clever and trying to get in there but really like i've never gone in the door being clever right the only time i got the only time i did one thing was i was trying to i was trying to um get this guy on the phone um because he we just couldn't connect and he they sold beard cream um they did like beard oil and uh that kind of thing and so i sent him an email <laughs> And the email basically had a picture of the, uh, the, the mustache club, right? And the one rule of this mustache club was that you cannot have a beard. Like beards are literally banned from this club, right? And so I sent a message and I had this image. So I put a big red circle around like the fact that you couldn't have a beard. And I said, you know, unless we get on the phone and get your marketing going, like these people are going to take over 
the industry and you're not going to have a business. Right. And he replied and it was funny. And we, so we, we still have a, you know, and we did some work together. Right. So, I mean like that kind of thing where it's like super relevant and it's quick, it's easy to understand. It's funny. And it's not like, you know, it's not super weird. Um, you know, that type of thing also can work uh, just to get someone's attention, just to get you on the top of the the heap. Right. Or you just write an offer and see if it works. I want to be in a mustache club or a beard club. That I'm gonna like I'm fun. gonna find that I'm gonna send it to you guys. Those. <laughs> I kind of think that might actually not work for you so well, Kira. Like, just, just me. <laughs> it just sounds like fun. It just sounds like a social club. Um, okay, so we did tease this at the beginning. I do, and we had chatted about this before the interview. You mentioned that you know you are good at charging higher rates with limited work. And I, I'm not wording that well, um, but you know how to do it. You know how to command high fees for limited work um, where many writers, myself included, tend to like over deliver and undercharge many times. Um, you've figured this out. So can you talk a little bit about how you approach this and how you approach thinking about your fees um, and how we could do it better? Sure. Um, I think there's, there's, there's two things that I, I want to bring up. And one is that I was taught this um, not through like the writing world, but through like the insurance world and the finance world that I was in. Because the the thing was, the the guys that were making the most money, okay, were the had the simplest um, pitch. It was simple, okay, because and and I would help them craft them, right? It was like this is where you are now. This is where you're going to be in the future, right? This is what we need to do to do it. This is how much it's going to cost. This is the return, you know, and it was super clear. So someone that let's say is, you know, 70 years old and they're, you know, they've maybe got 15 or 20 good years left and they're going to pass away and they're going to leave a bunch of money to someone and the government's going to take $2 million. It's, it's easy to say, okay, well, here's, that's a big problem. You have a $2 million problem. Here's how we solve that. It's going to cost you $100,000 to solve this $2 million problem, right? So would you rather pay 100000 or would you rather pay $2 million, right? So, so that conversation is very obvious where, where you're going to choose and say, okay, well, if you, if you qualify, you can do this. Well, you know, you pay 100000 today and the tax goes away because of all these kind of things. And that's how we would position these big deals. And, and these deals would be the same whether you're charging someone $100 or $100 million. Because it's just, it's the same process and it's the exact same thing. It's just exponentially greater. And the bigger the problem, the bigger the price tag to solve that problem. But if your price tag is a lot smaller than what they're going to benefit later on, then the, the conversation shifts from what you're charging to what other things that we can do in order to enhance this, this result, right? So you're changing a conversation from, like, I'm going to do this for you and you're going to pay me this to how are we going to work together to make sure that you get this result, right? And then whatever that costs is going to be a fraction of what the result is, right? Because, for example, if you can, and that's why I like the direct response world, because you can measure everything, right? So if I write a new video intro for somebody and they can now get a hundred more customers every day for the same price that they were paying before, right? That's a tangible value for them. So a smart 
you know, person would link their compensation to the value that you're bringing. And if that value can be, um, or captured, then it's very easy to relate your pricing back to that. Right. So I'm not saying that everything's going to be based on performance, but when I'm looking at how am I pricing this, the conversation I'm having with my client is more towards how is this going to benefit them than what are we producing? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Because you're tying it to the value that you're creating for the business through the assets that you're creating. Yeah. So, and I think that a lot of people, um, myself included, when I started, it was like, oh, I, I charge X for an email, right? I charge this for an email. So I still have like my rates, right? <laughs> I still have like the rates that I charge that, that are like what I, I require for a project, right? It's just the positioning of what we're doing, right? So whether, uh, and, and that, what I've noticed is the, the level of um, negotiation goes down um, because you're positioning what you're doing as like, this is how we're working together as a team. This is how I'm going to produce like this for you to get this specific result. But also, um, you're positioning yourself as, as more of a consultant rather than a like for hire kind of wordsmith. Right. So I think there's a difference there where, where, where you can elevate yourself to being a consultant in a strategic role. Um, where you're looking at the holistic picture for your client. And then what that means is anytime there's a project that comes up, you're the person that they're coming to because you came with them with the ideas. You came with the, um, you came with like the stuff that's getting them results. Um, and that's allowing you to position yourself as someone that can get the results. But again, this is all based on the fact that you can get results. Okay. <laughs> I think there was, there was a, there was a big like, um, I don't know. I even saw like a lot of you know premium pricing webinars and all kinds of stuff, just telling people to charge more. Um, but the reality is, charge more when you can deliver and you can feel good knowing that that you're providing that value, right? So if it's the first thing you've ever done, it's like, oh, I'm a premium like copywriter. Like, no, you have never done this before, right? So you can't try, <laughs> like you have to like go through the process sometimes. Um, but yeah, if you if you're confident, it should reflect in your pricing. Yeah, really good point. So I also want to uh, call back to something that we introduced in the intro, and that is that you uh, look somewhat like Seth Rogen. So have you ever been uh, asked for an autograph for your work in Superbad? Uh, anything like I that? I prefer Pineapple Express. Um, that's my best work, to be honest with you. Um, no, I, you know, okay. So I pretty much, <laughs> I pretty much work out of like Starbucks, right? So I go to this, the Starbucks every day, not anymore. I'm like locked in my house, but, um, everybody there thinks I look like Seth Rogen. And then I, I get this, I'm having this conversation at your event and, um, I, what's I forget her first name, but she has the Instagram copy uncorked. She does like the wine. Yeah. So so we're, we're talking and then she's like, you know, I think you sound like Seth Rogen. I'm like, Oh, thank you so much for, for letting me know that because it's something (laughs) new, but but yeah, I like whatever. I like it. I didn't pick up on it at all. I mean, now it all makes sense, but I, yeah, I never, I didn't see it. Yeah. It's more like if I'm laughing and I can hear it now. Yeah. Yeah, More of my voice and like the, I don't know, the beard doesn't help. uh, I was going to say Seth Rogen's beard's a little out of control, so uh, yeah, can, maybe a, a cleaned up version of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I was going for Brad Pitt, but Seth Rogen is a. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love Seth Rogen. He's great. Okay. So um, what's next for you? What's coming up next? What's ahead? Oh, man. Um, so this year, well, my, my focus this year was just connecting with more people, meeting a lot more people, just getting out there um, and just doing really good work. So uh, right now I'm writing a couple of uh, VSLs for some new supplements. I just wrote a new intro that's kind of like a immunity angle because that's kind of hot right now um and then doing emails and consulting and so it's all kind of the same and then i've i've actually and i reached out to you about this as well as i'm i'm gonna be like revamping my old program so i had a my old program from 2015 is called email profits boot camp and basically um i want to revamp that so that i can i can get back to having my own offers um not to get out of the copywriting business, but I've always liked doing that. And that's how I started. And I almost feel like for the past couple of years, I got away from that um, and went all in on just like building my freelance career. But the, I, I always felt like a part of that is missing. So I'd, I'd love to do that. I'd love to speak more. I'd love to um, do more things like that and and just build a, a more well-rounded business, right? Like I think that um, I'm, I'm at that point now where I can do that knowing that like the things that I come out with and the ideas that I come up with and the even the teaching that I can do is based on like fundamental principles that have been proven like campaigns like they're not it's not just like guessing anymore right like it's this stuff works this is what's working now um so sharing that with our audience like of copywriters and and people like that I get I enjoy it so I'm going to do more of it you mentioned uh, one of your goals for this year is connecting with others. If people want to connect with you uh, or check out your, your online presence, where should they go? Yeah, so there's a couple of places. I'm Darren Hanser everywhere. So Darren Hanser on Facebook, Darren Hanser on Instagram. Um, my website is darrenhanser.com. Um, and you can also download a free chapter of an ebook called The Email Authority Formula at 15minuteemails.com. That gets you on my list. I just send out basically thoughts about myself and business and marketing and all kinds of stuff whenever I feel like it. And it's kind of a self-serving email list, but I think people like it when they get them. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. All right, Darren. Well, thank you so much for hanging with us today and digging into to all. We went in a lot of different directions. So thanks for kind of moving along with us. Really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode.